It's the ABCs High School Teachers Really Need to Know, Season 3, Episode Number 18, Regroup Before Regrading. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe, or buy the books on Amazon.com. Hello, everyone. It is good to be back with you this week. Hope things are going well for you. This week, I am talking really as an extension of last week's discussion on reteaching, but this sort of takes it down a different avenue, and we're going to talk about the uh, all-important regrading, and I do want to talk about this because, uh, it, it again, it's a natural sort of piece of the discussion from last week, but also it impacts classrooms and teachers in the day-to-day practice uh, in an ongoing fashion, so we need to talk about it, and I, I really, I, I really do want to emphasize to you something that you already know, and that's obviously we learn so much from our experience in the classroom as we get better. Hopefully, we learn from our mistakes and uh, and and not re- remake them over and over again and fall into the same traps. And then obviously, we learn from our network of folks that uh, we interact with and resources that we use and we try to get better and that's what it's all about and the only reason I'm really saying that now is because it seems like regrading is sort of one of those traps that a lot of teachers don't seem to ever shake and and, and learn from those inevitable pitfalls so hopefully uh, you will uh, You will take this moment if you haven't kind of gotten past that pitfall and move on or learn how to more effectively deal with the urge to regrade and how you evaluate grades and all of those kinds of things. And, and of course, I preface the whole discussion by saying something that you already know about me, and that's, you know, I'm all about learning. I don't like to talk about grades. Uh, I, I try to focus my efforts on the learning and, and, and allow grading, as you'll hear me say in any of the other uh, episodes that I talk about grades and assessments and feedback and all of those kinds of things. And of course, it's an ongoing discussion, but it's something that, uh, you know, I, I think I've kind of laid out where I, where I stand and come from on those things. Uh, and so I, I do want to talk about it in this episode. I do want to talk about regrading. Uh, and I want to use a scenario that actually came up pretty recently in the classroom. Uh, I think it was last year, I think. That was when it was. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. Maybe not. Maybe two or three years ago. Uh, the You know how they are. The years start running together. Um, but I was teaching in a class, and I had assigned some reading. And, and I don't do just a whole bunch of assessment on... Um, you know, have them read and then let me assess and see where they are. I mean, I, I, I do that, but I do it in a variety of different ways, not just directly, let's see how they do. Um, but in this case, uh, I, I was, the, the learning objective was to get your mind wrapped around some technical definitions uh, that uh, that were presented by this particular trade resource. And anyway, after they had read, I had discussed the definitional stuff with them so that they could apply it to what we were learning in the classroom. Well, because so many of them failed to kind of connect or take the uh, notes, the application, whatever you want to say, when I gave the assessment, um, and, and again, this was one of those assignments where I really shifted the burden as opposed to, you know, 
sort of being the facilitator or or allowing them to kind of take it and, and, and apply, it was some direct technical reading because that was the learning objective. So they needed to uh, really get the material uh, from this source and then listen to the interpretation that I was giving in more of a traditional setting, you know, for the reasons that I already said. It's, it's a technical skill that I needed them to get some practice on. Well, again, a lot of them didn't take the notes necessary and, 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 and then connect those pieces. And when I asked a question on a written assessment about it, uh, a lot of them missed it. And they were furious when they were going over the assessment. And, and I, I got to tell you, I rarely get a lot of pushback on that kind of thing. Now, we always thoroughly discuss assessments and go over those kinds of things in an ongoing fashion. You know, that's just my assessment strategy. And again, you can go back and, 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 and listen to any of those episodes about that. But they were really upset about this because they were giving me the old, well, the book said this and you said that. Um, and I'm always willing to discuss and you guys know that I'm going to focus on the learning and not the grades. And so I rarely entertain questions on sort of a grade-based discussion. I'll talk about the merits and, and the learning and try to make the, the grades a secondary concern, a secondary focus. You guys know that. Uh, and, and with grading, you also know that I utilize that free question policy that I talk about all the time where I give them a free question. And I, I learned that a long time ago as a way to sort of um, take the pressure off missing one question and, and, and allowing that to tank them. Uh, you know, on a, on an assessment, you know, and and so that's that piece, and I and I talk about that as well in a lot of those assessment episodes. But I do utilize that those free questions, and I also have a policy in place that when it comes to sort of sort of grade disputes or questions about items on exams, that we have that we're going to do a wait and see because I think teachers oftentimes fall into a trap where they will make decisions sort of in the heat of the moment or not really thinking about how it impacts the learning or the class as a whole. So when they have questions that are specifically about the process and not the content, so, you know, what about number three or, or, or why did you do this or that, if, if there are questions about those kinds of things, I always do a wait and see, meaning email me, let me think about your question, uh, and I'll respond to you in a later period or the next day or whatever, and I encourage you to have that policy in place, absolutely, because you don't want to make rash decisions, spontaneous decisions when it comes to things as important as as, as grading and your process, right, uh, and, and then the subsequent impact on the learning. So I do have that policy in place, the free question policy in place, uh, and not to mention I focus the 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 you know, discussion on the learning. But in this particular case, the students were really upset, uh, the ones that had missed it. Um, you know, and of course, I'm focused at the time on telling them that, you know, you've got to be diligent in making sure that you get the discussion uh, from class and making sure that you're staying connected when I'm going over it and take those notes. And they had just honestly uh, failed to do so, just being completely honest with you. And so my focus was there, but then the, through the discussion, and again, I don't, I don't do the mob thing, and 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 I have that policy of wait and see. But they were really frustrated and wanting to talk about it on the floor of the classroom, which is again really really rare uh, in my classroom. 
Uh, and honestly, as the discussion kind of furthered itself, I got a little frustrated, not with the content discussion, because again, I knew that the content was sound and the question was related to what I, you know, the learning goals that I wanted. But I was a little frustrated with how they kind of handled themselves a little bit. Um, it was, I, I thought it was a little unprofessional. And, and this discussion kind of became about that. And, and of course, I always say that if you power struggle with kids, you're going to lose no matter what the merits of the conversation are. You're going to lose. You should never power struggle in your classroom at any level with the kids or allow kids to power struggle with each other. The more that you can minimize that, if not prevent it, the better off you're going to be. Uh, and so I, I just this discussion uh, sort of kind of became about that. And anyway, just just to kind of step this conversation forward ultimately i did end up giving them credit for that discussion um for a variety of reasons because so many of them seemed to sort of miss the connection that i had made in class um you know i i decided that i i would give them credit for it but i promise you the discussion became about how did you present your argument how did you represent yourself in that back and forth and there was a valuable lesson there for them uh, and that was one they learned the content you know they learned that they missed and didn't do a piece that they needed to do in order to get such a very you know a, a challenging question and a challenging objective uh, and and two they learned that one, or were reinforced that, hey, I'm in their corner. I'm there to support them. And if they genuinely misunderstood a question, uh, I'm going to fight for them because I'm not going to split hairs over one or two points this way or that way. And that's what this was worth. You know, it wasn't like a 10-point thing or anything like that. And so I say and, and tell you this big, drawn-out story um, to tell you a few things. Okay, and, and that's number one, have those policies in place. I would encourage you to think about free questions, one or two points um, that, you know, whatever, you know, your values are, that you, that you think about giving them that on a written assessment. Uh, and again, you can go back and hear more about that too. To make sure you have a policy of not giving in to a mob or, or being put in a position to where your back's against the wall and then all of a sudden you're going to, you know, completely you know, give in to a discussion that, you know, you wrote a question for a certain reason and, and, and or you, you were looking for certain things and, and you need to think about those things. So take the moment and regroup. Use a policy uh, like I have in place to regroup so that you can sort of think about uh, what it is that you're trying to achieve and, and, and think about the feedback that you want to provide students and, and, and understand their questions. Because a lot of times, and particularly if you've set up a culture where students are asking questions, and, and I love that. That's kind of a side note I need to make to you, especially after telling you that story. I love back and forth with students. I think that's how learning is, is done. I don't want hunky-dory all the time in my classroom. I think that um, that challenge back and forth, that yin and yang is healthy, as long as it's done professionally. And, and, and that allows them to ask questions and feel comfortable sort of delving into the material and then advocating for themselves. And that's an important soft skill uh, in and of itself. And, I, and I, I never think that much learning happens in classrooms where 
teachers are so strong-willed and so powerful that and, and, and kids are so shut down and you know it's tied so tight and wound so tight that they're not able to be themselves or, or challenge material you know and, and and in in my in my case you know in this particular scenario grades as you know uh, were rarely the topic of discussion that if these kids were wanting to bring up grades they really had an issue and I, and I wanted to one do justice and hear them on that but I was going to do it in a professional way and in this particular case I felt like they kind of cross that line and I had to coach them up and thankfully I have policies in place that sort of mitigate that and make it possible for me to reteach those things and in the end um, I, I did give them the credit for it back uh, and 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 reminded them of of those coaching aspects and actually I had one of them come up to me and was like yeah I should have handled that completely different and and I said yeah you should have but that's okay you know we make mistakes it's just important and I told the whole class this it's important that you always know I have your best interest at heart and they all shook their head yeah and and that's what's important and I also got the opportunity to remind them that had I made a mistake you know which I I, I make mistakes all the time I said, you, you got to make sure, just like I give you guys grace and, and, and give you that room to sort of be yourself and, and make those mistakes, I think it's important that you realize that I would make mistakes uh, as, as part of a teacher role because I'm human, just like you as a student. And I think a lot of times teachers sort of kind of gloss over their mistakes or don't really kind of open up and, and, and let students know that, you know, and, and particularly secondary kids, you know, high schoolers are, they're smarter than a lot of teachers give them credit for. And we know that, uh, you know, and, and, and I think that we, we have to make sure that we're human with them. And so I think the first part of what I wanted to talk about that in this, this episode, which I've entitled regroup before regrading, it's important to remember that when you're on the spot, you know, don't power struggle. Have those policies in place. Don't just give in and, and don't shut them down. Just have policies in place. Take a breather. And when they cross the line, um, because you do want them advocating for themselves and you do want them to be in an atmosphere that's safe to uh, challenge material and ask those tough questions. And, and when, though you're focused on learning, when grading comes up, have those discussions with them. It's okay. It's okay. And if it's foc it's a focus on learning uh, and, and those grading things come up, uh, it makes it a lot easier to deal with them because they're exceptions to the rule. So keep that in mind. And then when mistakes happen, if you're open and honest about your process and you've set up all these things that I'm talking about, it's easier to overcome those mistakes. It just is. And that's true. And you guys know that. If it's a if it's a give and take and it's about a strong relationship, uh, you can overcome just about anything in the classroom. So regroup before you regrade. So that was sort of part A of this discussion. But part B is about regrading in general. This is not relating to that scenario where kids are arguing with you about points after you give them back an assessment or they want to argue just in general. So moving past with the scenario I just gave you. And that's this scenario where you you give you know an assessment of some kind, a project of some kind, um, and you come out and, and, and the grades just aren't where you thought they might be or should be or they're lower in the minds of the kids and all of a sudden, we want to respond and just throw points at it or 
gosh forbid, curve it, which we all know curve does not mean what curve actually means uh, when we talk about, <laughs> you know, adjusting student grades. And, and, and so this part B is about stop, stop before you do any of that. Regroup before regrading and throwing points at them and doing all of those kinds of things. Instead, stop and do two things for me. Number one, ask why did the grades look the way that they did? You know, did they learn the material? Were they distracted by a football game the night before? Or, you know, what was the reason that you kind of got this grade? That's number one. You know, is this just a hard topic? And I'll give you a great example. And I think I used this in season one in my assessment uh, episode. But I was talking about um, teaching a certain topic in, in the biology classroom. I was teaching metabolism, which is a really tough topic for really anybody, but particularly for bio one students. And the grades are just inevitably lower because it's hard to master material in that topic at that age. But anyway you got to ask why. That's number one. And then number two, look at your statistics. Meaning, how did it look across your periods? How did it look in this topic look in previous years? How does it look in other classrooms, you know, peer classrooms? In other words, statistics are your friend. You know, and I always encourage you in every assessment episode that I do, that you better have some statistics. And you folks who, uh, and I know I said that kind of like in a finger point kind of way, but you folks who don't use statistics, you are handicapping your ability to have data-driven decisions made, meaning you don't have a lot of feedback on your own process if you're not using sort of statistics to, to at least give you a piece of the puzzle, right? And so you end up literally... I just sort of, I don't know, messing messing you up. I mean, it's hard to get realistic feedback on how kids are actually performing, right? And so I place a huge value before, not only in the regrading discussion, but just in general, before you do anything with um, how, evaluating your own process, you need to know, ask those tough questions, specifically why and how, and two, um, <laughs> What are the statistics? You know, and those of you that have been teaching at least one class period, which is all of you, right, for the most part, unless you just found this podcast, you know, luckily, you know, before you even, uh, <laughs> before you even taught a class, but you all have statistics or should have some insight. And if it's a gut feeling, meaning I've taught this a bunch of years and I kind of know, I would encourage you to go deeper than that. Veterans, I'd encourage you to go deeper. Um, have those statistics. You know, don't don't just throw points or curve grades because students underperformed. That's not good enough. It it services nobody. Nobody benefits from such a process. Instead of regrading, if you're not satisfied with their performance, do exactly what we talked about last week, which is why I said this is kind of a natural extension of last week's discussion. Don't regrade, reteach, reteach, and go back and listen to that episode. Go back and listen to it and the points that I made. 
you know, grade inflation is an epidemic. And I say all the time that grades are a, they've become a pretty abysmal metric of how students are performing because of all of these nonsense things that we do. Curves, throwing points blindly, just based on what their, you know, where their averages are, spreads are, and those kinds of things. We do all of these things except dealing with the actual issue, and that's they didn't learn the material. So, or at least didn't master it at a level that, you know, you maybe thought. And look, just because you think they'll perform at a certain place doesn't mean that's good or bad. It just means that may be where this group is. Again, that's all about individualizing the standardized process. And not only as individuals, but individual classes, individual academic years even. You know, it may be possible that this this year's class is just not going to perform as well as last year's or, or vice versa. That happens. And so, again, before we regrade, let's actually ask why and let's look at statistics. The only time that I think you should regrade is in scenarios like A, when I was talking about in scenario A. You've either made mistakes or students had a question or some kind of deficiency in the way you asked the question or they missed a connection. And speaking of scenario A, I assure you after the next day uh, and, and the day in which they were really challenging me on that scenario, they knew that definitional uh, you know, extension. They knew it then because I retaught it, really as a consequence of their question about the topic. So again, reteaching over regrading. Don't make decisions in the heat of battle. And don't make decisions that are short-term related. Make decisions long-term based on decisions like, did they learn it? Why did you get what you got as far as performance data? And speaking of that data, do you have statistics to back up and sort of understand what you're seeing? It's all about understanding our thoughts and, 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 and the why we do the things that we do. Don't just blindly throw points. Regroup. Regroup before regrading. That is it for this week. Thank you so much. I hope uh, you have a fantastic week ahead. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe or buy the books on Amazon.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great day.